Have you checked out the Somebody You Love Patreon yet? For just $3 a month, you can get every episode without ads and you get them a day early. For $6 a month, you get all of our bloopers and behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you get monthly bonus episodes. And for $20 a month, you also get the bonus episodes as videos. You can cancel anytime, and when you sign up, you get access to everything that we've posted so far. We also have annual subscriptions where you save 10% and get one month free. Patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod, as in podcast. You do have to type in the URL because Patreon hides 18 plus creators from the search, so you most likely won't be able to find us by searching. That's patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod. Welcome to Somebody You Love, or The Sale of Two Titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. Good evening. It's not evening for you. Well, it might be, but it's evening for us. And today we are recording on the lands of the Dureg, Gundungurra, and Ngunnawal people. We extend our respect to any past or present Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander elders who may be listening. And we acknowledge the ongoing culture and traditions of the First Nations people of this land. We'd also like to acknowledge our privilege in the industry. In this episode, we will be featuring a lot of stories from other sex workers who may also come from privileged communities, but you also don't know that they may be in some more marginalised communities. Um, There is a lot of intersectionality there. And the point of this episode is really to bring a lot of humanity to the industry and to the various people that exist within it and that we all have embarrassing and hilarious things happen to us as well. Because we are all human beings, no matter where you sort of sit on the privileged spectrum. We just wanted to bring attention to something that we've noticed happening a little bit more uh, as the show has grown and, and as our uh, a lot of our clients spend a lot of time listening to it, uh, which of course we're <laughs> massively grateful for. And, and we hope that you, you gain a lot from the show. But we've both had a few clients who have come to us and been really concerned with some of the things that we've said. Their concerns are usually that they've done the wrong thing or that we have expressed that we like things that we don't really or that we do things with them that we don't really like or that we're basically that they're doing things that are upsetting us or that we're not being honest um, about our sexual comfort and our consent. I think it's important to remember that with each episode, we're tackling a different viewpoint. And sometimes throughout a series of episodes, we might express really contradictory views. For example, I might say in one episode, I don't really like being fingered. And in another episode, I might say, well, it's only fingering that can really get me to squirt. And they're, yeah. they're both true. <laughs> um, and, and again, I'll say other things that I do like and that I don't like. And you go, what she just said a few episodes ago. And that's because as humans, we're super flexible with our, our needs and our wants and our what pleases us one day and what doesn't please us another day. It can be so varied. And, um, and it also depends on the individual, on the setting, on the sort of sex that you have together and all of those things. So what I want to let people know today is that What we express with you one-on-one in that room is what is most important. If we are indicating consent in all of the physical ways, if you're not sure, ask and we'll tell you in the verbal way if we consent and if we're comfortable and if we like that. If we've been doing that with you for years, 
we're probably cool with it. You don't need to second guess yourself based on some casual conversations we're having here on the show, especially if you've been a long-term client and we haven't expressed there's a problem. So please don't take every single word we say to heart. Again, this is entertainment and we're expressing a range of views based on different experience at different times. So don't read too much into everything you hear and please trust that we are happy to communicate our consent and our comfort with you during a booking. Yeah, I think it's really important to keep in mind the difference in audience. So when we're talking on the podcast, we are aware that the audience is, well, hopefully it's a large audience, <laughs> but regardless of the size of it, you know, it's it's not one-on-one. We know that there are clients listening. We know that there are other workers who listen. And we also know that there are people who have no experience with the sex industry at all. So when we talk, we are often talking quite broadly. And I've said a million times on the show that I hate 69. I think it's the worst position. And I stand by that. That being said, I've had a couple of experiences doing 69 that have been fucking mind-blowing and again I mean we're human beings are walking contradictions aren't we but yeah I think it's I I love what you said about for those of you who are listening who do see us in person what matters is what happens between the two of us or if there's more you know one-on-one what it is that we're communicating to you then and there and we do ask that you you trust what we're saying to you and the the cues that we're giving you. It's quite tricky in this industry and I don't I can't think of any other industries that are the same but they they may well exist, but it's tricky to do activism under your work name using your work persona or brand. And that's effectively what I'm talking about there is that Holly and I are doing this podcast as Holly Hart and Jenna Love and those are the names that we work under and that we you know, have an income because of. Whereas you will see podcasts out there where people are anonymous or they have a different name to their work name. And that allows them to not have to worry about ruining their brand or not having an impact on their clients because their client, well, I mean, presumably some of their clients would know, recognize their voice, but, you know, not necessarily. And from my experience, there's a lot of people that do activism for the sex industry under a different identity. And that's partly to avoid those issues. From the very beginning of this show, Holly and I, we had a little powwow. We had a chat about what was the point of the show? What was our purpose? Um, And we talked about things like educating, informing, blah, blah, blah. The biggest kind of thing that came out of it was humanizing sex workers. That's the most important thing for us. But we also talked about, you know, who is our audience? One of the things we didn't ever speak about was using the podcast to market Holly Hart and Jenna Love. I think it's surprised both of us that out of this show, we have actually, like there have been clients that have found us through this show and who have come to see us. And that has been freaking amazing. Like uh, we have loved that. It's so cool to to meet someone that way and to, yeah, to find people who who love what we're saying. I mean, yeah, it's a great way to start start off the client provider relationship. But that was never our goal. Our goal is much, much broader than that. And it is a goal of of activism and of getting the word out about the industry. So uh, yeah, my point is just that we are here as Holly and Jenna, but we're, we're trying to speak on a broader level and to a bigger audience. And what we share with you one-on-one is a different story. And it's between the two of us. And that doesn't mean that what we are sharing on the show is inauthentic or it's it's not true to the experience that we're sharing with our clients. It just means that what we do share with our clients is a lot more nuanced. 
Yes, exactly. It's yeah, it's based on the individual. And I think that's that's the thing. Like because we we never wanted this to be about marketing for us, honesty and authenticity is so so important for both of us. So we would never want to come on the show and and sort of be an escort persona and and not and not be real. Yeah. So it is really important to us that we are able to just sort of say whatever we think. And also I want to say it's so cool that our clients listen to this and we oh, fucking yeah. love you for that. But if it is causing you stress, then it's okay if you don't want to. Like don't please don't feel pressure to because I I've had a couple of clients who it it's made them really anxious and and if it's if it's not nice for you then don't. Quick little content warning for this episode. We are talking about bodily fluids. We talk about poop. We talk about blood. We talk about vomit. And it does get a little bit, there are some kind of graphic descriptions. So number one, if you're eating right now, that may not be your best call. Number two, if you do have a sensitive stomach and you are freaked out about that stuff, perhaps this is a good one to skip. So today's episode was inspired by, which one was it? 29? What, you pooing yourself? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. The career Indeed. ender. The career ender episode. Yeah. Um, so I shared a really lovely story about me pooing myself in front of a client. And um, while we were telling that story, Holly and I were both like, well, obviously I can't share that. We need that to be anonymous. But then I went ahead and was like, nah, fuck it, share it anyway. But it inspired us to ask our peers for their own embarrassing stories. Some of them have said it's where they're happy for their name to be attached to it. Uh, But most of them have said they prefer them to be anonymous. And we had a really good chuckle. Actually, I haven't even read all of these. So some of them I'm just going to be reading out for the first time. But we just thought we'd share them with you. So to be clear, these are not our stories. These have come from our peers in the industry. Thanks so much for contributing those to us and allowing us to share them with uh, with the broader audience. This one is from an anonymous provider. So I posted on Twitter about my luxurious multiple day booking, posted pics of the posh food, hashtag blessed, etc, etc. He arrived early, so I was mega rushed and didn't have breakfast. I'd rolled home at 1am that morning after 12 hours of drinking the day before, so I was seedy as fuck and didn't have time to pack my bag properly. In my heels, we walked all over the city to find him a coffee, which is very tricky on a Sunday. Then we went to lunch, but a sizable portion of it was raw seafood, which has been removed from my life after a hellish overseas food poisoning experience. It was so hot in the restaurant that my dress was wet from sweat. This dress is too small due to COVID kilos and was so tight around my boobs that it was making it hard to breathe. Then we walked through the city for hours. I was fading fast. Later at dinner, I was weirdly not that hungry despite my small food intake throughout the day and I was feeling a bit nauseous. I suddenly hit a wall halfway through and could have happily laid down on the floor of the restaurant and passed out. So it's all going fine for him, but I'm feeling pretty average. I tried my best to summon my best self and got my second wind. Then, as I'm just sitting there trying to be entertaining, I feel a sudden force pushing southward in my asshole. I wasn't even wearing knickers. Instinct told me to clench like my life depended on it, and I realized I had actually shat myself. At the table, in a restaurant, with this man. So I hurriedly announced that I need to go to the toilet now. Naturally, the toilets are located literally as far away from our table as could be possible. 
So I'm clenching, hybrid waddling power walking through this large restaurant, praying that no more shit was going to come out of my butt and that there would not be a queue. I hurl myself into the toilet, struggling to lock the door, sit down and poo just pours out of me at a high velocity. I'm in a bit of shock at this point. Eventually, I finish my business. I then go to wipe. However, the dramatic evacuation had resulted in my ass cheeks being coated in excrement. So when I wipe, poo covers not only my hand, but my whole forearm. It's now all over me, all over the toilet seat, and of course, all over the back of my dress. God. <laughs> I, I would just run. I'm sorry. I just would run. Like, fuck him. Just leave him. Just Straight him. up. There's no way I'd go yeah. back to someone with shit all over. Like, that's brave. That's I'm not that courteous. Sorry. I'm getting out of there with my poo dress. So I had to walk back to the table, tell him we have to leave, and ask to go back to the room to shower. He initially thought I must have suddenly got my period, but sadly the smell produced by this insane experience could not hide what had actually happened. The saving oh grace was that the shower in the room was so powerful, I felt like I was being pressure cleaned, so that was something. So whilst my hashtag elite, hashtag blessed tweet portrayed some kind of incredible professional experience, I actually am a fraud hashtag courtesan who shat herself during a dinner date and had to wash it off in the client's shower. At least I took enough photos of the food to turn this debacle into some marketing and he'll never forget me. The end. (laughs) I don't know what I would have done. I'd run. I feel like I would have tried to, I don't, I feel like I would have, I don't know. My instinct was to like put the dress in the bin and try to fashion something out of toilet paper to cover myself (laughs) enough. Yeah. Your instincts are bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, yeah, I guess it's not, I guess, yeah, I guess that's not a good option. Is this a universal experience like as a woman or as a person that we've all had an incident where we've had to throw our knickers out in some bathrooms? In one way or another. Yeah, okay. That's. I feel like everyone's done it, right? I hope so. Yeah. Because if not, I need to question some things about my life. There's been times where I've gone, oh, these are are not Mm -hmm. savable for one reason or another. And they're gone, right? So, yeah, I see the logic. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. A road trip we took to Canberra once, uh, that happened. And I was wearing a dress. And I was like, babe, how sexy is this? I'm coming back with with no knickers on. But it wasn't sexy because they were covered in poo. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I it was, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That so, pair's um, gone. Yeah, I'd just go. I would honestly, mm-hmm. I'd be so. I don't think I could salvage it. I would. I'd be like, sorry, where did you go? No, not even, not even. I'd probably tell him. I'd probably be like, dude, I shat myself. I didn't want you to see it. <laughs> I was saving him. Well, that yeah. would be the other option to text and be like. I'm going back to the – if you had the key or something, if you could mm. be like, look, I'm sorry, this has to happen. I'm going back to the room. Can you give uh, me I'm, 20 minutes and then join me? No, you're I'm out. I'm going home. I'm going home. No, nah, I don't want to see anyone after I've shat myself in a restaurant. But like, it's like a multiple-day booking. Fuck it, man. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be a hustler. You've got to be a hustler to get back on the horse after yeah. that. I'm like, nah. Yeah. I, mm. Once something goes wrong for me in any way, I mm. throw the whole – I fucking – rage quit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this story is from Anya. I went on a weekend away with a client who met me at the airport. Knowing that he would want to get straight into things at the hotel, I freshened up in the airport loo. I have also done that with Fly Me To You style bookings. I've done a good, a quick refresher in the airport loo. 
As soon as we got to the hotel, he went down on me, and when he finally emerged, his face was dotted in white confetti-like stuff. Horrified, I realised that it was the cheap, paper-thin toilet sheets at the bloody airport. He said, oh, he said that he saw it down there, but he didn't know how to bring it up. He certainly did bring it up all over his head. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I feel so, I feel awful for him in this situation, actually, being mm. like, oh, it's there, but what do I do? And so he just got it all over his yeah, face. Well, he can't say, can you go have a shower? Um, or like, what the yeah, fuck can is you, this? Like, <laughs> I know. Sorry, your pussy's dirty. Like, like you'd feel, yeah. I, I feel like I would just be like, oh, I guess I'm not going down on you right now. Like, I'd be like, shall we jump to sex? Yeah. The thought that before I knew this was a thing, that I probably hooked up with guys in my youth with that, like, that's horrifying. Okay, so I found out that was a thing a few months ago. Oh, babe. (laughs) And it's because I was... (laughs) I know. So I was doing bookings with Cece, who's quite new to the industry, and she was like, oh, what do you do about like wiping? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I am. So, yeah, yeah. I'm speechless. Because yeah. I found out about this in like when I was a stripper and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, before you said that you don't have any, you wipe with the wet. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, you, you make sure there's no toilet paper there. That's a that's a thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So anyone who's gone down on me and there's been toilet paper. I'm sorry that it took me until 32 <laughs> to find out that that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I think I just want to clarify as well. We're not like shaming. I think we're normal, yeah. like normal people. When you go to the toilet, you go and you wipe and you do whatever. But I think, yeah, when you are having sex with people for a living, you want to focus on really getting everything. Apparently you do. Thoroughly. Now I've learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, generally the last thing I do before a booking is have a shower. Yeah, really thorough shower. Yeah, we get, yeah. But the problem is, yeah, yeah if you stop. But I mean, I don't go to the, the toilet, toilet after the shower. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. But, yeah. but I do sucks. during the booking. Oh. Anya has, uh, has spoiled us with another tale. I had a Christmas celebration with a client who wasn't super experienced and he wanted to try the whole chocolate and whipped cream thing, but I forgot a hair tie. I had this genius idea to rip a condom and put my hair in a ponytail with it. It's genius. I showered at his place and went to the supermarket on the way home. In the line at the checkout, the older gentleman behind me was checking me out and I thought, oh yeah, I must be looking all right in my little black dress and heels. When I got to the car, I scratched my ear and realized there was a big dob of creamy chocolate goo behind my ear. But fuck me, it wasn't till I got home and looked in the mirror and saw that not only was the ponytail condom hair tie still there, but the fucking tip of the condom had an air bubble in it and was so obviously what it looked like. Yeah, I was the hoe at my local Coles with chocolate sauce and a blown up condom on my head. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, on not having a hair tie, again, I can't be the only one who has more than once used my knickers as a hair tie. Never. I've never heard of that. I think that's quite clever. For someone like me, it wouldn't be effective because the undies – the hairs, there's not enough hair. You've got so much hair, mm, though. I do that have a undies, lot of hair. Undies would, yeah, the elastic, you know. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's clever. That's quite smart. As, you know, the pro hooker that I am, <laughs> I generally always have a hair elastic on my wrist. But uh, yeah. occasionally, knickers will have to do. 
This one is anonymous. It says, this is not that embarrassing, but an older reg started to become obsessed with long 69 sessions in extended bookings. 40 minutes in this position, he farted twice. 40 minutes alone. Nah, sorry. Wow. Anything for 40 minutes. Even a TV show is pushing it for me at that point. (laughs) Like I don't have the, the attention span for that. So 40 minutes in the position, he farted twice. So after the second one, I decided to return the favor. He decided to change up positions shortly afterwards and never mentioned it. That's one way to get out of doing something that you don't particularly enjoy or that you're sick of. Yeah. I mean, I fart during things I do enjoy. So I, uh, I don't Well, know. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also the control. I was like, oh, you can yeah. control when you fart? Can't relate. <laughs> Mr. Love is nodding because he knows I have no control over that. <laughs> He's always like, couldn't you just hold it in? And I'm like, what? I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, sorry. What? Anon. The most genuinely mortifying moment of my career was when this super friendly older African-American woman from somewhere in the South, like someone playing a cheerful small town character in a movie, saw this fucking awful client whose brothel nickname was the school shooter. He made you take a bath in custard and somehow that felt so violating because of his creepy personality. Like how how, how do you get that much custard? A bath like. That is a lot. Is he bringing like a trolley to the front? That's a lot of custard. And and custard's heavy. It can't just be a basket. It would have to be a trolley. It'd be a fucking lot of custard. Jeez. And I was waiting for an elevator at a Holiday Inn and he had bought me a bunch of flowers. She was so excitedly telling us we look so cute together and she and her husband had met at a Holiday Inn like 40 years ago and was asking us questions about our relationship. I often wonder about that when I'm in public with clients and I have thought before because it's not, you know, I, I get recognized in public reasonably often and I wonder and a lot of people know about Mr. Love and I wonder if they see me with a client and and go oh that's Mr. Love when it's not you know I often think about that and I have had a couple of friends see me like have served me at a restaurant or something like that when I've been with a client and I've just been like hey and like we've had a small chat you know but um, afterwards I've texted them and been like oh sorry I was with a client like you know so I can't sit and have a proper chat with them and every time they've responded, like, yeah, I figured, like, because I guess they would know who my partners are. So they would have figured that out. But, yeah, it's it's a funny one. People make assumptions when when you're to- – well, I guess he bought flowers. So there is an assumption mm. that there's, like, some kind of romantic element going on there. Yeah, that would be really awkward. I know my uh, my octogenarian client really likes to take a bunch of two or three of us sex workers to dinner, and we it just looks mm. it looks very obvious mm-hmm. because if it was mm. you know a younger woman with an older man, you, you could think a million things. But when it's three sort of provocative looking young women <laughs> with, yeah. with a significantly older man. It seems pretty obvious, especially if it's in a hotel restaurant. And I think he really gets a kick out of that. He probably loves it, yeah. He probably loves it, yeah. Okay, this is a story from Kristen. I had a fetish booking with a guy who wanted to explore kink. He didn't know exactly what he wanted, except that he did want a golden shower. So a golden shower is when someone wheezes on you. We tried various things and he was increasingly unenthused by each. So I eventually suggested that it might be time for me to pee on him. He got naked, sat in the shower, and I cocked my leg and set forth a stream. His face was unhappy, to say the least. Trying to put on a brave face, but he clearly was not into it. I stopped and checked in, and he was like, 
nah, not feeling it. Me, trying to ease the tension, replied, yeah, it's kind of weird how pee feels, isn't it? I was surprised the first time I got peed on. Like sometimes it smells like chicken stock. Weird how it doesn't taste like chicken stock at all, isn't it? The client just stares at me for a long time, mouth open. I'm embarrassed as fuck and I try to walk it back, but to no avail. He politely asks me to leave so that he can clean up, has a shower, gets dressed and books it out of there with over an hour left on his time because he clearly didn't want to be with the chicken stock weirdo. It sounds to me like he was more ashamed that he tried something and he didn't. He was just embarrassed, like, oh, my God, yeah. I thought this was going to be, you know, and I didn't like it. And this sexy woman who's really kinky, you know, I'm embarrassed in front of her. I don't know. That's my yeah. perception of it. But, I, I agree. I reckon there was yeah. more going on there. And as she said, like, a bunch of things he tried he really Did wasn't into it? and maybe he just realised, yeah. oh, I'm actually not, this is so not me. <laughs> But I find it funny because I have I have chatted to clients about the smell of wee before. Like for me, sometimes it smells like wheat bix. Very strange. Mr. Love and I both think it smells like wheat bix, so it's not just me. Mm. But yeah, I can see chicken stock. I uh, it does remind me of a, a story I don't think I've shared on the podcast yet about the client that I had who who wanted to try golden showers. So he booked a session with me where I would we role played where I would dominate him basically and force him to drink a jug of my urine. And, um, yeah, he brought the jug and I weed in it and we started doing all the stuff and I, I made him drink it. And he was like, Oh, and then he didn't seem very impressed. And then a little bit later on in the role play, I was forcing him to drink more. And he was like, Oh, oh no, 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 no. I actually really don't like this at all. And he was, he was like, no, no, we, this is not part of the, the role play. I don't, yeah, I don't want to yeah. drink any more urine. And yeah. I was like, Okay, that's fine, but I wonder if, like, trying golden showers for your first time, maybe you should just let someone pee on your chest or, like, you know, yeah. not actually go straight into drinking urine from a jug. Like, I yeah. feel like that's really diving in headfirst into the piss Yeah, mm. massively. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, start with the chest, maybe the dick. Sometimes the warmth is, like, nice. Yeah. And then if, yeah. you, if you're like, wow, I'm loving this, I want to have a taste – then go yeah. in for taste straight from the urethra. You don't Not want to go into a vessel beforehand. Into a jug. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. So I think a lot of guys watch see porn and they're like, oh, yeah, that's hot. And then they go to try it. And uh, it's a fairly harmless one to try. I'm all about oh, it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's quite a lot of dudes out there who do it and go, oh, nah, no, nah, not for me. Probably when the person who's peeing on you gets really enthusiastic about the smell, that maybe does enforce the awkwardness. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's. Uh... <laughs> we love you. We love you, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> Anon, this probably isn't relevant as it's not work related, but one of my funniest personal stories is from my 20s. Myself and my boyfriend at the time spontaneously started to get into it. And before you know it, I'm fisting his ass while sucking his cock. I think they call it tromboning. I think tromboning they is a don't. rim job. No, they don't. Okay, yeah. sorry. Well, so for the listeners, tromboning generally is, yeah, yeah. rimming someone while giving, their, job. giving them a hand job. Yeah. 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 It's like you're playing a trombone if they're bent over. It's a good visual. Anyway, we're having a wild time and he's encouraging me to go harder on his cock. And I'm very into it until I feel myself about to spew. I'd always imagined that if I ever vomited on a cock, it would involve a combination of champagne and cocaine on a yacht in the French Riviera, not from a packet of burger rings. 
<laughs> Not from a packet of burger rings in my punk boyfriend's apartment with one hand in his ass under the glow of a DVD menu screen. I can't believe that this person was thinking they had a vision for when they were going to vomit on a cock. They had a vision. <laughs> it flowed out of me and it wasn't a little spew. It was the whole bag of burger rings. Oh, God, we need a content warning for this episode because <laughs> I'm getting queasy reading it. What, for the, the DVD menu screen? Because I'm triggered yeah. by that. Oh, God, I don't know if I can keep reading. Oh, the, really? Yeah. Uh, no, I can't. I genuinely oh, wow. can't. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, we do need a warning. I thought you were just being silly. No, I'm being serious. It's really do you want to take your headphones off while I read the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> She's doing it. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for this. I'm going to do it really sexy. It flowed out of me and it wasn't a little spew. It was the whole bag of burger rings. The neon orange chunks smelt disgusting and were dripping down his balls and stuck in his pubes. Nothing disgusted this guy. He was ready to rinse off and keep going. But for me, the spell was broken. I feel like it's the reaction of your partner that often decides if something is embarrassing or not. I agree with that. While I was pretty mortified as it happened, my boyfriend was not phased at all and we were telling the story to our friends for laughs within a week. Then somebody commented and was like, I can't believe you actually had a like a plan, a future vision for when you're going to vomit on a cock. <laughs> and they responded, oh, oh, yes, eating oysters on a yacht in France was part of my sugar baby fantasy, which I obviously had all figured out. Despite being a very average stripper, I was absolutely certain a rich man would stumble upon me at the $2 peep show at any moment and enthusiastically set me up for a life of champagne and sex in the city inspired designer goods. I'm now 37 with no superannuation. Anon, I had this regular client and he was a clean freak. He always used to say, I love coming to your house. It's always nice and clean. After my last booking with him, about an hour after he'd left, I went to use the bathroom and there was a poop squashed on the toilet seat. <laughs> At first I thought it was from him because I remembered he did use the toilet seat, but then I remembered my dog. Before he'd arrived for his appointment, I picked up one of her poos from the balcony, chucked it in the loo, slammed the toilet seat down and flushed. But obviously I missed the bowl and it got squished on the toilet seat. I thought about texting him, but thought, nah, it's a little Cuban cigar. He'll know it's my dog's. However, I haven't seen him since and it's been about two years. So I guess he thought it was me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awkward. That's really awkward. But yeah, surely you would know that that's not human sized poo. I've had people before say, like, you know, I've been at dog parks and stuff and people are like, oh, at dogs, is this your dog? Like, my dog opened his anus that big to do a – that's not a small dog's poo. Like, my dog is tight. His poo's – what do you mean is that mine? That's a freaking great day. That's a human's probably. Like, I don't – yeah, I don't know if some people realise, you know, yeah. size. Yeah, and yeah. I mean I can I can hard relate to this. I don't have any clients who come to my house because my house is clean because it very rarely is. And – um and there's, and there's a lot of times now it's good because I don't have to bring clients through the main house, but Hamish has a, has a thing where there's certain clients, it's particular individuals where when we're in the booking, he likes to leave a poo between the front door and the workroom. Like he could do it anywhere. He knows there's a specific, mm. like, no, mm. he, he can hold it in. Like he's not, I don't mm. neglect him, yeah. Um, yeah. but he, he does it to spite whoever I'm with in that booking. And it's a few particular individuals where he just will leave a poo right in front of the front door as like a, a fuck you. 
So um, on their way out. On their way out, so not necessarily on the front door like I'm like he's waiting to, but like here you go, here's where you're gonna walk out, and there's a poo. Uh, yeah, so, so it's he, really you think he doesn't like those clients? I think he's jealous. I think he can hear me having a good yeah. time with those clients, and he can hear me laugh and stuff, and he's jealous. <laughs> All right, so um, now you're going to get clients complaining if they don't yeah. get a poop on their they way won't. out. They'll be like, they Holly won't. mustn't have enjoyed the booking enough. Yeah. Well, they won't because now they don't walk through the main house, yeah. so they don't see yeah. – uh, They don't. Hamish doesn't have that yeah. opportunity. Fair but uh, it, it's really hard then convincing that one or two or three clients that this doesn't happen every time. He doesn't do it for everyone. Yeah. Like I swear I, he's not constantly <laughs> shitting in my house. He's done it to you, you know, and I don't know – how to make that You're a like, no, no, this isn't general. This is a personal it's, it's attack. It's about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, sure. It's not yeah. me. It is you. That's, it's that's what's happening you. here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this story is from Eva. I was at a hotel out call with a client and I had my period, so I had a sponge in. My usual approach for a longer booking is to excuse myself and duck into the bathroom right before the sex starts so that I can whip out my sponge, give it a rinse and start the sex with a clean one to minimize any leakage. Great strategy. I approve. I was trying to be super quick and get back out there. So instead of sitting on the toilet, I just squatted down naked in the middle of the bathroom floor and whipped it out. Now, my periods at the time had been really light But when I pulled out the sponge, a torrent of blood exploded out of me, splashed onto the floor and rebounded all over the walls and fixtures of the bathroom and all over me. I frantically tried to wipe down myself and the bathroom, but there was blood everywhere. It had somehow reached every single surface of the room. The client started calling out to ask if I was okay as I refolded towels to try and hide stains and wiped everything that I could reach. When I eventually went back, to the bedroom i had no excuse for the client and just tried to ignore my 15 minute naked bathroom break and proceed to the sex like what do you say i'm sorry i just perioded all over the bathroom <laughs> like i mean i'd probably say that but this is another golden story from eva I'd had a tampon in for very light bleeding and my plan during my booking had been to remove it in the bathroom right before sex. Give myself a little clean out and then go ahead with the sex without anything in. Again, another solid strategy. Sure. 30 minutes into the booking, we'd started making out on the bed and I'd taken off my clothes and he was reaching for my junk and I suddenly remembered I hadn't taken out the tampon. It seemed too late to excuse myself, so I just positioned my lower body away from him, kissed him and simultaneously yanked the tampon out and threw it across the room. It was seamless. He had no idea. But after I left, I remembered that I hadn't collected it. I hoped so much that he found it and it wasn't left there for the cleaners. Oh, my God, it could still be there to this day. (laughs) I have this extraordinary image of her just in one movement. Just hand up, swipe, throw it across the room. It yeah. just It's like a superhero move. Yeah, in my mind, it thuds against the wall and falls behind a couch. It goes, <laughs> you know? Uh, With a little bit of a splash of moisture. Splash. There's got to be a little, <clears throat> like a wet kind of thud. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ah, I love that. <laughs> I've had quite a few bookings with other providers. As I've said before on the show, I haven't had a period in many, many, many years Uh, and not during any of the times I've been doing sex work. Lucky me. But I have had plenty of bookings with other providers where in the middle as you sort of go, there you go, a little bit of spotting here or there and there's a little bit of 
blood. And I figure like that's human, right? Like it's so not a big 100%. deal. And I, um, I, I guess I just want to make that point because I want people to know that if you do see a little bit of blood here or there, like, fuck mate, like that's what they do every month. And sometimes in between, they sometimes let a little bit of blood out. And also just yeah. to point out to any other providers who are listening, if it's happened to you and you're thinking, oh my God, that provider's, you know, and the, the other person saw and they thought, blah, blah, blah. Eh, it's not a big deal. I think most of us recognize yeah. human bodies and uh, yeah, you yeah. know, Okay. And in fact, in a double, generally we'll we'll help you sort it out. Like we'll oh, just yeah, I've helped them cover. so you can yeah. clean it or we'll cover. Yeah, yeah, yes. we're all over I've it. I've pulled yeah. a blanket off the bed many yep. a time when I've seen that yep. sort of thing and gone, oh, I'm just yep. rearranging something. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. We got your back, babe. Yeah. All right, we're going to finish off with one more period story. We actually have a whole bunch more stories because so many people submitted them. Uh, we might leave the rest for another day. Okay, this one is anonymous. I was due for my period the following day and the foreplay must have knocked some old blood down early. In case men aren't aware, or women, other, I, again, we've covered, I know nothing about anatomy. So fresh blood is red, but period blood, as it is old blood, can often be darker brown in colour. Not always, but yeah, it's generally not like that the bright red. So I got dark brown stains on this crisp white towel. It was all over the towel, so it was impossible to hide. My main concern was because of the colour, I didn't want him thinking that I had a dirty asshole. <laughs> given <laughs> Because personally, I think that it's actually embarrassing to have a dirty asshole. It you know indicates disrespect if you didn't wash your ass properly. I always go out of my way to make sure that my asshole is clean, but if a period comes early... You know, that's not a case of neglect on the person's part. That is just what bodies do, as you were saying, Holly. So I wanted to tell him that I got blood on the towel, so at least he wouldn't be wondering if it was poo. However, I was too scared to tell, given that I've previously had men get really funny about periods. I usually hide the fact that I'm wearing a sponge because the very idea of me being on my period is off-putting to some clients, even when they can't feel the sponge and they don't get any blood on them at all. Like, they would honestly, they wouldn't know but it still is off-putting to them. So I just want the listeners to know that workers, most workers can't afford to take five days off work every 28 days just because a client doesn't like the idea of a period and to take an additional two to four days off in case the period comes mm. early or late. It's not hard to wash a towel in case of an accident and I think clients deserve a reality check that it's kind of ridiculous to have an issue with a worker having a smear on a towel or a condom when some clients want to put literally their tongues and dicks inside of us, ejaculate on our chests or sometimes even our faces. Fortunately, my client didn't say anything about the towel, but I was stressed for days because a client thinking that a worker's period is gross can literally cost a worker thousands in income if an accident means that they will lose the client as a result. In this case, I just popped the towel in the laundry basket and hoped that his cleaner or maybe his mum still does the laundry for him. <laughs> I feel like if I feel like I would know the difference. If I saw period blood on a towel, I would know that it wasn't poop. Yeah, but, but you're maybe woman. some people yeah, maybe some people that don't have yeah. periods themselves may not know that. Or haven't been around people who ha who do have periods. Yeah. 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 Totally. I think you know, it's it's a shame if a client found a worker's period so repulsive or, or, you know, a normal bodily thing like that, that they wouldn't see them again. I can understand maybe a client being totally weirded out if you are shitting yourself making eye contact with them, that they may not want to come back. That might be a little bit awkward. That's maybe, you know, that's a boundary that might be crossed for some people. Fine. Okay. So for something as simple as a little bit of blood on a towel, I think. 
yeah, it's, it's, it's being a little bit dramatic if they, yeah. you know, come on, guys. It's, it's a human yeah. body. And as we've discussed before, all and as we're discussing today, I suppose, things happen that are really awkward sometimes. Yeah. And if we had clients submit awkward stories, I bet there are clients out there who've had some incidents happen before, after, whatever. Um, I don't think I've, I've mentioned on the show, um, I had a client about a couple of months ago and um, – mid-session oh oh, I wouldn't say mid-session I'd say when he finally achieved climax he came on my breasts and it was pink and I was like oh there's blood in your semen and he was uh he was like oh fuck oh I'm so embarrassed but also that's happened before (laughs) well thanks for letting me know but uh you know know, things happen sometimes and it's awkward and bodies do weird things but it's not a big deal you know, I was just like, are you okay? Is this, did a bit of Googling, normal. It's not a big deal. I mean, yeah. if it's happening all the time, see a doctor, yeah. stress out there. Yeah. But yeah, no. Do you miss the free and affordable ads and social networks without all of the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Trist.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. And both are free to join and open to all. You can find both of our profiles on Trist, and I love how it is so clearly designed by sex workers. Yep, and I love how straightforward and easy it is to use and how much they clearly support the sex working community. And also how responsive they are when it comes to feedback and customer service. Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info. This week, for Shit People Say, Holly got a bit of a corker that we thought just, yeah, ticked a lot of boxes. This one, I don't know if it's hilarious, but I, I think uh, people really enjoy a little bit of an insight into the things that we receive because so many of our listeners are the sort of guys and women who will message us and say, hi, my name is blah, blah. I will want to see you on this date. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, here's they do my all ID. the right things. Here's a deposit, you know, love your podcast, whatever. They're wonderful. So when they get some insight into the other nonsense we receive, I think that's a lot of fun. With that said, here we go. Uh, I received a message from a gentleman this week. Uh, The initial message was quite lovely. It said, I've followed you for some time on Twitter. I've never been to Canberra. Um, I'm moving there soon. And I was wondering if you're up for a discussion about something regular. Now, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I'm pretty outspoken and I'm also really I have a very strong personality and I don't hide it on Twitter. There is no facade. There is no glamour. It's all raw shit posting, dumb jokes, um, <laughs> strong opinions, me. It's, it's very strongly me. So if you, you know, want to get an idea of me, it's all there on Twitter. In the past, I've also posted a lot about things that I don't like people doing when they inquire or things that I hate people saying. And one of my sticking points is screening. People will know I'm really tough on screening. I won't see someone unless I know exactly who they are for a number of reasons, partly because I live, I work in my hometown and I don't really want to fuck people I, I know really well or that I've you know met as acquaintances and have awkward situations. Jenna loves that sort of shit, not me. <laughs> so, and also for safety reasons, because people are coming to my home, it's really important to, uh, to know exactly who I'm letting into my, uh, my premises. 
Now, this guy probably hasn't seen a lot of my posts with these sorts of whinge, but he just made so many classic errors that I had to laugh and I had to share it today. So for starters, he said he's followed me for some time on Twitter and he's wondering if I'm up for discussion about being a regular. And that's a massive red flag. People Mm -hmm. who become regulars don't say they want to become regulars. They just do. They just book you. They book you again and again and again. And the next week they ask if you're available and they, they do that. And that's how a regular becomes a regular. What it implies when somebody asks, can we discuss being a regular is that either they're vying for a special rate because they think that they're seeing you regularly entitles them to something, which, you know, maybe that can be discussed with certain providers after you've become a regular, Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. after you've seen them 20 times once a week, you know, you can see if there's any scope for that. Maybe not, uh, but definitely not upfront. You know, I'm not going to sort of discuss that sort of situation and, and look, no probably, way. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd do it at all, but it, the yeah. main thing for me is that it's sort of a tactic. These guys use, or a lot of guys use to, mm, to dangle a carrot in front of you about, oh, look at all these great bookings you might have with me. You better treat me really well because I might end up paying you a lot of money. I'll be a great client, you know. So it's sort of a manipulation tactic to uh, to get us on side. I said, uh, it'd be lovely to meet you. He said, oh, tell me about yourself if that's okay. And I'm like, well, you said you've been following me on Twitter for a while. I mean, Mm -hmm. what do you you want to know? My ads are there. My stats on my ads, I'll tell you my weight, my height, my eye color. My Twitter will give you everything about my personality. The podcast will tell you every opinion about sex I've ever had. (laughs) What do you want to know? My reply was, uh, I think all about me is on my Twitter profile. (laughs) Ha ha. He continues with, I'm looking for something regular, but something that's not just a business deal, if that makes sense. And I said... Not really. What do you mean? <laughs> no, don't know why you'd contact a business and, and be looking for something <laughs> other than not business. A business but, okay. Yep. Well, someone I'll become friends with over the time. Chat over text, not just in and out and learn nothing about you over the year. And I said, well, that's the relationship I have with most of my regular and generous clients. Point being, if you see me often enough and you pay mm-hmm. well and you tip well, That's what happens. I'm happy yep. to indulge you in some text and you will 100%. by default get to know me by spending so much time with me. Yeah. Yep. That's good. That's what I'm looking for. Hence me asking about you, not just what your Twitter says or your escort profile. <sighs> well, my Twitter profile is me. My escort profile. That's what do the you mean? point of social That's... media. It's to show not yeah. just the marketing. It's to show the real us. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I said, I think my Twitter makes my personality and relationship with my clients very clear. He said, no worries. I said, in general with sex workers, the more you put in, the more you will get out of your relationship with them. He said, I get that. I'm not talking about sexual. I'm talking favorite food, movies, little stuff that makes me feel like I'm breaking the ice and happy to see you once a week. Sorry. Well, he actually said twice a fortnight over the next year, which is, is once a week. There's a word for that. There's a word for that was, was Jenna's response when I told her this. (laughs) I said, I think most workers would share that with you. If you see each other regularly, I think most workers will tell you their favorite food and ice cream. Uh, That's human. That's human connection. Do you have a regular sex worker now? No, I never have had one, but want one. I said, Oh, okay. Well, you will see that all happens naturally with most workers. You'll develop a friendship beyond the transactional as you build trust. Okay. No worries. I said, let me know when you'd like to book in. So then he gave me a date. I said, great, I can do that date. 
He said again, I'd like to make it a regular thing. And I'm like, yeah, mate, I've got the fucking point. I just don't, even if, I know that there are people who do much prefer to have a regular worker and I've had people come to see me and during the session they've explained that they used to, you know, have a regular and and they've retired or whatever and they Mm. are kind of on the lookout for a new regular and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But why would you say any of that before you've met the person? Because he might hate you. Yeah. Like that, it's just, that might be serious. That's the reason why when somebody says I'm looking for a regular 99 times out of a hundred, it's, it's that's a not flag. a, it is, a, it's a carrot dangle. It's a red flag for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it is the people who are looking for them, they just book in to see us. And then if they like us, they book again. And it's as yeah. simple as that. That's how you become a regular. There's no special yeah. magical nope. spell we cast. No, <laughs> no and sort of speech. The, the way no. he was like, I know all that, but. I'm not just talking about sex. And you're like, yeah, neither am I. Like why? You said the more you put in, the more you get out. I don't mean you'll get more sex out because that's Mm. not like what? Yeah. So then we've got all the details of the booking and I ask him for his full name. I then ask him for his ID. And funnily enough, the name doesn't match his ID. (laughs) And I said, well, that's funny because you told me your name was X and your name is Y. He said, yeah. My name, my name is, is Y. I just get nervous using my real name. Sorry, that's very immature of me. And I'm like, you probably haven't seen my rants about screening, but, you know, you've got this whole thing. I follow you on Twitter. Then all the mm-hmm. things about wanting to be a regular. I want to get to know you. Yeah, and then you've lied to me about your identity. And I appreciate that there are a lot of people who don't understand how the industry works, but for me, I just don't need to waste time on it. I don't need to educate you. Uh, and so I that's it, no chance. I said, sorry, that's a huge red flag. I'm not comfortable proceeding with a booking. Please consider the safety requirements of sex workers in future before trying to conceal your identity. It's extremely frightening behavior. All the best. Look, I don't need the booking. Good luck. I hope he finds someone else. I hope he builds a good relationship with them. I hope he's honest about his identity. But for me, I appreciate that people think they're lying about their identity because they're nervous or they're they're worried something's going to come out. But for for me, it says I intend to do something that I don't want you to know who I am. The way I don't want consequences. And for me, the consequences could be death. So I don't want to take those sort of risks and I I don't need to at this stage in my career. And so, you know, uh, hopefully that's a lesson for him. Um, Sometimes people come back to me and they are sincerely Mm – genuinely sorry and interested to learn and they say I didn't even consider I feel like an idiot what can I do and I'm happy to build that relationship back up if I think that they really but uh but he never wrote back so I think he um yeah and from his first message there were red flags there's so so many red flags yeah so look he made all of the errors uh and again if if somebody makes just the one error that's fine but there were so many things there where I just didn't feel comfortable with this dude and uh yeah good luck I, I bet you he's not even moving to Canberra. I bet you he's just having a text chat, you know, wants to get some some thrills. I mean, I always find so often the ones who want to evade your screening or give false information are the ones that are like, I want to get to know you. I want to really, you know, have a real connection. And you're like, but you want to start that off by lying? Like, what? Yeah, the problem with it really is that he was saying yeah. to me, I want to get to know you. And then he couldn't even give me the respect of his fucking real name. Not even one of them. Not even the first or the last name was real. And he wants to know my favourite food, my favourite ice cream, and become friends over years. Pal, 
if you can't even fucking tell me your name and you want to come to my address. But also getting to know someone is not knowing their favourite food and their favourite ice cream. <laughs> like that, <laughs> like that's not, I don't know, that's so weird to me that they're the things for him that he thought of that would make make it more of a connection with you. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's got a lot of experience no, human with, relationships yeah. probably. And, and that's sad yeah. and I hope that, you know, and I'm pretty tough. I do recognise that, you know, me being like, nah, get fucked is, is pretty tough. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's a real thing for me and I've mentioned I just I really don't. Um, I don't put up with, with that sort of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's important for those of us who can put our foot down to do so um, yeah. and then hopefully yeah. people learn. We would like to thank our always stellar, supportive, sexy patrons this week um, and every week. So I'll begin. I'm really smooth at this. I don't think 31 episodes I've gotten any smoother. Thank you to our new generous somebody, Afraz. Our new very generous somebody, Jax. Our even more generous somebodies, Timmy, Andrew, Adam Smith, Lachlan, Sub London, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Leslie, Scott Watson, Andrew. Our secret admirer, Margaret, Wheezy, Ellen, Liam, Fritzia Tits, Catherine, Mr. E, Scott C, Simon, Skippy and FN. And our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron, Andrew, Pete, Amanda Valentina, Sienna Saint, Brino, Adam Moore, Nick, Wombat, Josh, and Theodore Betts, the first Esquire. Thanks for bearing with us through this really hectic TMI episode. We hope it's brought you some laughs and helped you to see some insight into the uh, the more human exploits of your favourite sexy, sexy sex workers. <laughs> Stay tuned for part two, where we have more disgusting stories that you should listen to while not eating your dinner. Bye. Bye. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker. <laughs>